Hello, and welcome to Believe, where we take a closer look at the beliefs that form the way we see the world. My name is Ben Lenzel, and thank you for tuning into another episode. Now, I'm going to start this episode with a cold, hard dose of reality. We're all going to die. Did you know that? It seems obvious, but when you really think about it, it's troubling. One day, maybe you'll be so old and weak On your hospital bed, you'll stop breathing and the heart rate monitor will flatline. Or maybe you'll be driving on the road one second, in the ditch the next second, and before you know it, you bleed out in your car. Or maybe you'll be enjoying some time outside and you'll have a massive heart attack or a stroke or an aneurysm. Or maybe your cancer-ridden body will just not have enough endurance to make it through another night. It's a gruesome thought, but nothing is as certain as the reality that one day will be your last day. It'll be some month, some day of some year, someone will write your obituary, people will mourn, and then they will move on. We've all been desensitized to death, because death has increasingly been portrayed in fiction, and downplayed in our lives. Just think about how many deaths you've seen on screen and compare to the number of loved ones you've personally had to say goodbye to. This is a modern problem. Just 100 years ago, the average lifespan was about 47 years compared to today's 75. Never before in human history has there been such little in the way of war, famine, and disease. But at the same time, it seems as if there's never been more fear and anxiety in our daily life. Recent studies have been showing tripling rates of anxiety and quadrupling rates of depression compared to the previous year. In the past, when death was more common, it was less shocking. People learned what it was from an earlier age when they had to hunt for food or kill animals on their farm to survive. It came more often through childbirth, infections, and malnutrition. Death has been outsourced in the first world. To farmers for food, nursing homes for the old, and hospitals for the sick. But at the same time, it's all that's talked about in the news, making it seem as if it's just around the corner for us. I think it's this juxtaposition of death being simultaneously unfamiliar and yet always lurking that's gotten us so afraid and anxious. Now, it's pretty commonly accepted that the scariest monsters in movies are the ones you see the least, but know are close by. In a way, our lives are like that. Death comes to us all, but we don't know when. Remember in Home Alone, when Kevin decides he's brave and steps outside and yells, I'm not afraid anymore. And then he takes one look at his neighbor and screams and runs back to hide in the house. We do the same thing. We put the idea of death into a little box and 
We talk it away in the back of our minds, but every once in a while, we hear it call out to us, or it escapes and claims someone we love, and we're afraid all over again. So, is there a way to get past this fear of death? Well, the easiest way to deal with death is the way we explain it to our kids. We say, you don't have to worry about it for a long time. And this is what we tell ourselves too. But why should I be any less afraid of death in the distant future than in the near future? At some point, the distant future becomes the near future and the near future becomes the present. Well, I'm not a believer in exposure therapy. The thought of being bathed in spiders doesn't seem like a good way to get over my arachnophobia. And with death, thinking about it more often doesn't make me any less afraid. These days, the coronavirus has made death seem imminent to many. And the plan seems to be that until we get past it, we'll wring our hands in fear and hope that our number doesn't get called next. Then when it's over, we'll all act as if we don't need to worry about dying for at least a couple more decades. So, it seems to me the predominant strategies for dealing with death are, number one, paralyzing fear, and number two, ignore it as long as you can. But fear degrades your quality of life, so you owe it to yourself to get over it. And I believe the key to overcoming fear is perspective. So here's what helps me. Number one, thankfulness. Be thankful for the time you've been given and realize you're not entitled to any more. Realize that your life up until this point has been filled with so much goodness that failing to realize your plans for the future would not be as much of a tragedy as you think. Make a habit of looking back at all those photos you took, the hugs and the laughs with loved ones. And in those picture-perfect moments, realize the value of those times by reminding yourself that there are a finite amount of them. Number two. Decide what comes next. Now, you can't decide what is true and make it true just through faith. You should question every religion and claim about life after death. I say decide because a lot of anxiety comes out of not knowing what happens after we die. And if you never pick a lane, you won't have peace when you run out of time. I believe in heaven and I'm determined to get there. Thankfully, Jesus paid the price of entry for me, and all I need to do is put my trust in him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Number three, make the time you have count. Give yourself to a cause that's greater than yourself. Don't spend every day just surviving. Work, Netflix, sleep, repeat. What will you have at the end if you spend your life only serving yourself? There's a parable that Jesus tells which talks about this. It's a story about a rich farmer who's experienced some success, who plans to keep expanding his farm by building new barns to store all his future harvests. He believes that once he's saved up enough, he can retire, relax, and enjoy the rest of his life secure in the abundance of his possessions. But God says to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? 
so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So don't waste all your time on yourself. Don't obsess over plans for an easy future because you don't know when your last day will be. Focus on those things that last because otherwise your life really won't have any meaning. You'll just feel like a lab rat that's out for your next hit of dopamine and at the end you'll have nothing to show for it. So what advantage does expecting death give you? There's a psalm that goes like this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What this means is that understanding how short life is helps us to maximize the time we have left. It gives us wisdom. Because each day has more value when we perceive that there are less of them left and we're more inclined to make wise choices with each and every one.